Welcome to the Quantum Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. In this show, we'll be exploring all things love, relational mastery, and the initiations that that entails, and what the journey looks like and feels like when we open up and let love lead. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. As you probably noticed, there was not an episode last week. I was wildly ill. It was not fun. Um, maybe it was COVID. Maybe it was not. I don't know. Um, I feel so foggy and lost in space and time. Um, and I had to take the entire week off. Like it floored me. And I have not been sick like that in a very long time. Probably like 2006 was probably the last time I felt that ill and had to take time off of work and had to pause everything. So there was no podcast recording going to be happening last week. I couldn't even talk. And when I could, it was very uncomfortable. So we just waited, waited until this week where I feel much better. There's still a little bit of congestion, a little tickle in my throat, but you know, we're still back to working form here, which is great. So after this episode, we will take the one week break and then I will be back with three new episodes as per promised an episode or two ago. But you know, life happens and sometimes we got to be like Ross and friends and know how to pivot and know how to move with what's what life is asking us to move with. So that's where I've been. I, I wasn't hiding. I wasn't avoiding all of you. I love doing the podcast. I love sitting down and having these conversations. And I'm excited to be back for another one today. So today we are going to talk about a really important distinction, which is the distinction between being over it versus being through it. And why this is so important. Language is so important when we're describing our experiences, especially when we're talking about the end of a relationship. And a lot of the time when people say, I'm so over it, they're not actually over it. They're not even close to being over it. They're still very much in it, but they are also in resistance to the fact that they're still in it. There might be a part of them that's like, I shouldn't be still in this. I should be over this by now. So I'm just going to say that I'm over it. And hopefully if I say that enough times, it will be true. Um, a lot of the time saying I'm over it is a way to close off and shut down a conversation. A conversation that if we were to continue, we would discover that they are very much not over it not complete, and still quite tender with whatever it is that they are over, air quotes. And, you know, we have to understand that when we say these things, it really does often come from a very closed off place. It's not coming from the open-hearted, open-bodied space of, 
I'm integrated and I have gone through the initiation all the way to the bottom and come out the other side. See, this is the thing about grief. And we talked about that in the last episode. We talked about grief and endings, especially relationship endings. They take us on this wild ride, wild ride. And what happens in an ending is that everything that is ready to be processed that hasn't been processed from your past will come up for review. It will come up to be processed. This is why breakups can be so gnarly because you're not just processing the end of that relationship. You may also be processing the end of a previous relationship that you didn't actually complete the grief initiation. You didn't actually get through to the other side. And this happens a lot when we're younger. You know, when we're in our early 20s, sometimes even in our 30s, we're still replaying these dynamics where, you know, our relationship ends and there's this flooding of emotion that we don't want to feel. And it's not like the world does a great job of being like, hey, process your feelings. This is okay. It's okay to be not okay. The world doesn't tell you that. The world gives you the message that you better get over it or you're getting left in the dust. You better get over it because people who, you know, are more equipped and more relational savvy than you, they get through it fast. Like there's all these weird and warped narratives out there that really fuck us up. Like they really fuck us up. And when we have this predetermined idea of how long it should take for us to heal after a breakup, after a relationship ending, because this could be, you know, a romantic relationship breakup. This could also be a friend breakup. And when you go through an ending of any kind, there is a phase of time that is required that you go into the grief portal. You go in and you process. You actually allow that experience to complete. But if we need to rush through that because we don't want to be seen, you know, and judged in an unfavorable light, then we will blast through the phase of time that is required for our healing will make ourselves wrong about even needing that in the first place. And then we might leapfrog into a new relationship or distract ourselves with a new project. Um, anything to avoid feeling the feelings that we need to feel. And we do ourselves such a huge disservice when we do that. Because when we refuse to go through the actual alchemical container that endings are, that grief is, what we have to do is then build our armor. We have to build more armor around our hearts, build more protection around our hearts. So we don't actually go out into the world really open and saying, hmm, what is in alignment? What is in service? What is really connected to the relational dream in my heart? And how can I 
cultivate that? How can I cultivate more of that energy in my life? How can I weave in relationships that really support the person that I am and the person that I'm becoming? Um, we, we don't allow ourselves to go through the process of integration. So we have to wall off. We have to protect ourselves. And that really does us a disservice if we are wanting to call in quantum love. If we are really wanting to cultivate conscious relationships, we have to be able to feel our way feelings and trust ourselves to go right to the bottom. Because if you can't hold yourself going right to the bottom of your grief and right to the bottom of an ending, then we will you know, do all of these compensatory behaviors in our relationships to try and avoid feeling any discomfort. So it actually thrusts us onto a path of relationships that is quite inauthentic. And then we have this conflicting feeling in our heart because we want authentic, genuine love. We want to be known. We want to be known fully and we want to be chosen and loved for the person that we actually are. But if we go into a relationship really armored up, the person who you really are is lost behind the layers of protection. And it is very hard to be in right relationship with the truth of who someone is when the truth of who someone is is hidden behind walls and walls of armor. When there's this gripping that happens inside of them, this emotional and energetic gripping, it's like we're like holding our gut muscles, our belly, and our pelvic muscles, and we're gripping and we're bracing for impact. We're almost expecting an attack. And when we are approaching relationships from more of that defensive space, there actually aren't a lot of channels that are open for love to flow. This is why if we don't deal with a relationship ending, it will deal with us at some point. We will have to address that down the line. Um, I had a relationship that ended in 2012 and we had dated for six months. And when the relationship ended, I was floored. Like I kid you not, like the amount of grief that I was feeling was not in proportion to the relationship I had just had. And at that point in my life, I was doing a lot of meditation and I had a lot of daily habits that honestly kept me anchored. And every morning I would get up and I would meditate. And in one of my morning meditations, tears streaming down my face, you know, kind of doing the heaving breathing because I'm sobbing while I'm meditating, um, I heard this message come through. And the message that came through was something to the effect of, you're not just processing this breakup. You're processing all of the ones before it that you didn't. And it specifically brought up 
uh, a long-term relationship that I had had uh, in, I think it was like 2005 to 2008, um, that I had really rushed through the ending. When that relationship ended, we had spent four years together. We were quite bonded. We did a lot of things together. We did music together. We had a band together. Like There was a lot of our lives that are that were interwoven. And when that relationship ended, I did not have the skills to navigate that gracefully. Like the internet was, you know, a thing, but like Facebook was new. That that'll tell you a lot about this period of time. So, you know, it wasn't like it is now where at the click of a button on your phone, you have endless resources. You have podcasts, you have YouTube videos, you have blog posts, you have programs. Like there's so much out there now at your fingertips whenever you need it. That was not the case back then. And, you know, going through a breakup, you know, in my late 20s, I felt a lot of pain. I felt a lot of hurt. Just the way that it ended, it was so abrupt. And, you know, I saw him jump into a relationship a couple days after ours ended. And so I retaliated by finding, you know, the hottest musician I could find and getting into a relationship with him. And so I did this leapfrog into a new relationship as a way to avoid feeling the pain of that ending. Because when you're swept up in a new relationship, you've got all you've got the buffer of all of those feel-good feelings, not to mention the hormonal cocktail that's happening in your brain when you meet someone new. And we have these rushes of endorphins that are moving through our system. And we're caught up in, you know, the new possibility. It's, you know, someone new. Um, So there's the whole world to explore with them, but then you also have this open blank canvas of what you're going to create together. And that is very exciting. And that can take up a lot of our energy so that we can effectively avoid the pain underneath. But the thing is the pain underneath never goes away. It just gets buried deeper. And the deeper it gets buried, the harder it is for us to bring it up and out again. And when I say up and out, I mean up and out for processing so that you don't have to carry that density with you. But for a lot of us, we have a lot of density that we've packed down. A lot of things that we just weren't equipped to handle, we weren't equipped to deal with at the time. And so our human system is really intelligent and it's like, okay, you can't deal with this right now. Cool. That's fine. We will compartmentalize it. We will put it over here for safekeeping. And when there is enough emotional safety and there's enough physiological safety in your system, that will cue this compartmentalized piece to open. And then you will have to process it then. And that's exactly what happened with this breakup in 2012. I 
was feeling this immense grief because I had a four-year relationship that I hadn't grieved. And in all fairness, I don't know that I grieved a lot of my relationships before that one either. I was the queen of just like zipping it up, being like, I don't feel anything. I'm fine. I'm over it. I'm good. I'm gone. And that was a defense mechanism I had because I actually do feel things really deeply, like really deeply. And sometimes it's really overwhelming. And it's taken me almost 40 years of my life to learn how to be with the complexity of my emotional world, to be able to skillfully hold and honor the intensity of my emotions and do so in a way that actually honors who I am, honors where I've been, and honors where I'm going. It's it's not this like flash in the pan oh, I had this moment of insight in a meditation and then all of a sudden I'm a masterful pro at this. It's not really how it worked, for me at least. I had that flash of insight and that was the beginning of the process. So 2012 was the beginning of that process for me of starting to learn how to create more acceptance and approval around my emotions really letting myself go to the bottom. And then when you think you're at the bottom, you realize there's a whole other bottom underneath that. And each time you go to a bottom, it actually increases your capacity to be with whatever you find. And if I had really kept myself like tight and locked up and this perspective of like, I'm fine. Who cares? Like, I don't fucking care. I'm over it. Like good riddance. See you later. See you never. Um, I would have missed that golden opportunity and nothing that I have created from this point forward from 2012 onward would even exist. That's the wild part is that everything that came through after that point in time, came through as a result of how I was navigating my emotions at that point in time. The permission I gave myself to feel my feelings, to let it hurt for as long as it hurt, for to allow it to ache for as long as it would ache, to track in my body where it was aching and physically connect to that part of my body and hold that part of my body. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, lessons that we will learn as we go through our relational experiences. And after about four months of being in that soup, that emotional soup, there was this light at the end of the tunnel. I started to see my way through. And, you know, those fir- the first month was fucking gnarly. Like, ugly cry almost every day. Um, I had to make sure that, you know, I was drinking green juice and having soup every day because that was all I could digest. 
Like I, I couldn't bring myself to eat, but I knew I needed nourishment. So I found these ways to make sure that I was still nourished. And, you know, so much of my energy went to just allowing the breaking open to happen. And so as I was, you know, going through these very tumultuous emotional waves, there was more opening that was happening in my system. There was more opening that was happening in my heart because when we put on this armor, when we put on, you know, these protective walls or masks that we wear, they do restrict the flow of love that can come to and through your heart. And so as I was allowing the emotion to move, it was starting to crack away at that armor and it was starting to open my heart's capacity to love again. It was actually this really beautiful alchemy that happened. But it required me to go through the process, go through the process of heartache and let it wash me clean and give myself permission to grieve things that, you know, previous versions of myself were not given that permission to do. I never would have allowed myself in my 20s to have more than maybe a day of feeling down after a, a relationship ended. And that really says a lot about my emotional capacity at that time. And, you know, I don't know many 20-year-olds who have the same emotional capacity as, you know, the versions of themselves that will exist a decade later or a couple decades later, because that is part of the learning curve. We don't have enough experiences in our 20s yet, generally speaking, to have this really rich understanding of the inner workings of who we are. That's ultimately what the 20s are for, is to discover what is in there. Like, who am I? Who am I in this world? Who do I want to be? Who am I? What do I stand for? All of this stuff. That is really what we get to explore in our 20s. And part of that exploration is bumbling through relationships, bumbling through breakups, doing the things that aren't effective when it comes to healing or heartbreak. So that at some point down the line, when you have more support, when you have more capacity, you can then open that treasure chest and we can start moving that energy through because whatever is stored in those chambers of secrets that you have compartmentalized, whatever is stored in there, you better believe that that is going to interfere with every relationship that you have. Because that material, that unprocessed emotional material will come up anytime we feel vulnerable in a relationship. So when we feel a little destabilized, you know, what happened, you know, in our relationship in our 20s will then get projected onto the person that you're currently having a relationship with. Or maybe this is something that happened with a friend or a family member 
And if we haven't walked our way through those experiences and integrated them, and part of the integration is being able to feel the feelings that were associated and, you know, remind our body that we are safe inside of the feeling of the emotion. And that is something that we learn how to do over time. And some of us, you know, go into specialized learning for this. This is what I did. And, and that's only because of the line of work that I'm in. The line of work that I'm in dealing with relationships, dealing with people in their relationships, it requires me to be effective at helping people navigate their emotional landscape. And I personally find it far more effective to support someone in navigating their emotional landscape, knowing that I have navigated mine. You know, anyone can read from a textbook, they can learn from a course, and that is an important part of being able to lead and being able to learn. But there's also this other aspect to leadership and guidance and mentorship that requires the embodiment of what you've learned. So if someone is talking a person through grief, and I I think I talked about this on the last podcast, I would much rather have someone who's been through the portal of grief guide me through my grief journey than someone who's learned about grief in a textbook or in a course or in a degree, but never has actually been brought to the bottom of their own experience through grief. And they haven't found their own way through that yet. So when we are navigating endings and we want to get through something, it's really important that we choose guides, we choose coaches, we choose mentors who also have been through their own journeys there. And their journey doesn't have to line up every single piece with yours, but they have to have gone through that initiation to effectively guide you and support you through yours. Without that, we're just kind of throwing glitter into the wind and hoping that it sticks somewhere. Not an effective strategy. A way more effective strategy is learning how to feel your way through what is happening. And sometimes that does require the support of other people. Because for a lot of us, this is unfamiliar territory. We did not get this blueprint growing up. We do not learn this stuff in school. So how would you be able to take yourself through it if you've never been shown how? So If you don't know how to do this, there's a good reason why you don't know how to do this because you haven't been set up to learn how to do this. And as adults, it then becomes our responsibility to learn how. Not an easy road, but a very rich road if we choose to walk it. Because when we have that armor on and we are blocked and walled off 
And we're like, this will protect me. It'll protect me from all of the bad stuff. It also keeps out all the good stuff. It keeps out the joy. It keeps out the love. It keeps out the awe and wonder and excitement and adventure of life. It keeps out the richness of human connection. And, you know, having now lived through a pandemic, I think we all can agree how important human connection is to our sense of thriving and, you know, how necessary it is for just a baseline level of health and well-being. Without human connection, we crumble really fast. We are social creatures. We need each other. And this is why heartbreak is one of those really interesting things because there's a part of us that wants to isolate and want to go through that alone. And yet there are parts of heartache that, yes, we have to tend to on our own, and that's fine. But there's this whole other part of the journey, the whole other leg of the journey that requires other people. Because, you know, you probably heard me say this many times if you've been listening to my podcast for, you know, the past couple years, or you've taken my classes or taken any of my live transmission sessions. But we are wounded in relationship. That's where our emotional wounds come from. They come from relationships. Therefore, they are healed in relationships. And we can do a lot of solid healing on our own. But then there are certain aspects of our healing that can only happen in relationship to another person. And that relationship to the other person has to be a relationship that is securely attached. Someone who you are actually really emotionally safe with. That's where the healing occurs. So we often can't go back to the people who caused the wound or contributed to the wound for the healing because they're not equipped to provide what is required in order to heal. And that's what can really fuck us up, especially in relationships. We are hurt and we are wounded when a relationship ends. And then there's this impulse to keep going back to the source of the pain in order to try and rectify the pain. But it doesn't work like that. The way it works is that we have to move in the the direction and in the current of relationships that are really soothing for our system, for our nervous system, for our emotional system, that support us in learning how to stand on our own two feet. And usually by standing on our own two feet, it means falling to pieces first. You have to fall apart. You got to face those demons. We have to feel those feelings that we have locked down in our chambers of secrets and we have successfully tried to avoid up until this point. And now we have to go through the initiation of feeling that all the way through so that it can come up and out and whatever is no longer in service to you can be released and whatever wisdom is embedded in that experience 
clicks into place and that gets to stay. So there is this huge difference between people who have been through a breakup and come to a place of completion with themselves. There is a sense of openness. Their body language is much more open. Their eyes tend to be more open. Uh, Their throats are more open in the sense that they're willing to speak what's true. They are willing to tell the truth. They don't embellish what's happened, but they speak the truth of what occurred with no additional meaning making or storytelling. Um, they just are able to clearly speak the facts of what happened while staying connected to their heart. So there's this level of connection that you can feel this embodiment of connection with someone who has been through a really transformative experience in terms of heartbreak. Contrast to someone who is taking the stance of, I'm over this, I'm just over it. I'm so over this. When you hear someone say that, notice what's happening in their body. Their body is likely rigid. It's likely gripped. It could be closed off. There's a perseness to the lips, like there's sometimes squinting or scrunching in the face, um, even sometimes like scrunching in the hands and in the body language of like, ugh, I'm over it, like, ugh. And you can see like these giveaways in the face, giveaways in the body. The body will never lie. The body cannot lie for you. And so if you are really through something, and you have healed your way through it, there will be an openness to your body. There will be a presence to you. like You can feel like the anchoring of someone who is really in their body versus when we're closed off and we're in that protective stance of I'm over it. Like You can feel that someone is not totally in their body. They're more in their head about it. And there's almost like this piercing coldness that exists there. There isn't this warmth and openness that can only be embodied once you've actually gone through the alchemical process. You can't hide that. You can't manufacture that. You can only embody that once you've gone through. And so, you know, really take an inventory whenever you say, Ugh, I'm so over this. Let that now be a cue, a signal that there's something truer underneath what you're saying. So there's the words that come out of your mouth. Ugh, I'm so over this. I'm so over it. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm over this. And then when you hear that come out of your mouth, let it ding. There's the signal, there's the turn on of, oh wait, that is a protective stance. What is truer that's living underneath? And what you'll probably find is I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I'm really confused or I'm really sad and upset and I feel lost and abandoned and I'm afraid that no one is ever going to love me again and... Like that's what's underneath and I don't want to reveal 
that level of vulnerability. So I'm going to try and cover it up and pretend that it's not there. That's what's really going on. And if you can speak the truth of what is really happening for you, even if you just say it to yourself in your mind after you notice this, that's when you start to pivot towards the path that is going to set you up for deeper healing. And ultimately, that is what we're looking for when we want to cultivate more quantum love in our lives. We have to be willing to walk the path of deeper healing and integration. We have to be willing to go through the things that are painful and uncomfortable in order to not only heal our hearts and honor the experience that we had there, but also mine for the gold that's underneath. Because every relationship that you have, there is immense gold inside of that relational experience. It will lead you to a better understanding of who you are and what you actually desire and how to get there. So every person that you date becomes a, you know, almost like this inventory of what is actually going on for me? Who is the person that showed up in this relationship? You know, what did I bring forward? What did this relationship bring out of me? And, you know, both the good and the bad and the ugly and the beautiful, like what did it bring out of me? And how can I work with those parts in a way that actually serves the relational dream in my heart? And we don't serve the relational dream in our heart by denying all the parts that exist in us. It's not how it works. How we get there is by cultivating this space of everything belongs. Everything matters here and everything has its place. And I'm meant to learn from certain aspects of myself. And certain aspects will determine, you know, old wounded parts that require tending to. Other aspects will reveal like, oh, that's a new strong skill that I've developed there. I'm going to keep that as I trek on through. Um, other aspects will reveal what really works for you in a relationship and what doesn't. This is all really important intel. It's really important information. And without that information, it's really hard to consciously create a relationship. Conscious relationships re require you to be conscious, so aware of all the parts of you that are in operation how the parts of your shadow interfere, how the parts of your younger selves influence, and how the parts of your integrated adult show up and actively create the relationship that you would like to experience. All of these parts belong. And a heartbreak initiation will guide us to meet more of ourselves. That's one of the most beautiful aspects about it is that every time I've gone through heartache, I've learned myself more intimately. 
I've learned parts of myself that had long been disowned, long been hidden or suppressed, and I got to love them back into wholeness. And if that is not the most extraordinary expression of love, I don't know what is. And as I love more of these parts of me into wholeness, it not only expands my capacity to love another, but it also increases my capacity to be discerning in new dynamics. And it also expands my capacity to love the full range of who they are. So instead of choosing relationships built on, you know, certain identities or, you know, certain ways of being or certain superficial aspects, I'm now looking at the full range of the human. I don't need you to hide these parts of you because I can hold them with the exception of abuse. Abuse I will not hold. I have a zero tolerance policy for that. But everything else, you know, that comes part and parcel with loving a human, another human being, I have more capacity to hold every time I go through an initiation of heartbreak because I learn more parts of myself. And as I learn more parts of myself, I naturally can hold more parts in another. And this is where we get into really rich relational terrain is when we're not having to play these games of like, you have to be this certain way or you have to play this certain role in order for me to feel safe, in order for me to feel content being here in the relationship. We don't have to do any of that. Instead, we can show up to the relationship, heart open, eyes open, discernment on in our body and say, hey, this is what I want to create. This is what I'm available for. This is what you can count on me for. This is what you can't count on me for. Do you want to play? And the more of yourself that you love into wholeness, the less rocked you are going to be when someone is a no to you. So if you want to heal your rejection wounds and potentially some of the abandonment wounds, that does require you to go through these portals where old parts of you that you've disowned are coming up for review. They're coming up to be loved back into wholeness. But if we keep rejecting those parts and abandoning those parts when they come up by you know, prematurely jumping into a, a new relationship or just taking that more guarded, you know, walled off stance of like, I'm fine. I'm over it. I don't need anybody like fuck love, fuck relationships. Unfortunately, you're not going to get to the relational dream in your heart. Um, so I think that's all I have to say about that today. Uh, because it is, it is a juicy one to chew on, to sit with. And I'm, I'm going to let it percolate. And if you'd like to come and discuss the episode, you can join the Quantum Love membership. It's $22 a month. And there are extra worksheets in there. There's replays of my community calls that I do and also space to discuss the podcast. 
and what you heard and what is opening for you and what you're realizing. Um, there's a space for all of that over there. And if you're really keen on going through your heartbreak journey, if you are at the end of a relationship or you've recently gone through a breakup or a divorce or an ending and you're like, uh, I need a roadmap, a roadmap through, uh, there is a link in the show notes to join the wait list for my Heal Your Heartbreak program. I was originally going to be releasing that at the start of May, but you know, life had other plans and we are now about six weeks behind um, with some you know, emergencies that happen in the family system and then getting sick and all of this stuff. So we're looking at the summertime release of the program. Potentially, it might be released in June, like middle of June. And then the live sessions will happen over the summer. So we will have a couple touch points there. It's largely a self-study program. And then I'm throwing in five live embodiment sessions. So we'll do four embodiment sessions and then one group coaching call. And so if you join the program, you know, anytime between June and August, you will get to join in on those live sessions. If you're listening to this after that, those live sessions are included in the program and you get to watch the replays there. And so if you'd like to explore that option, please do put your name on the wait list. There will be special wait list pricing uh, for that program. You will receive $100 off the cost of the program if you're on the wait list. And I will be taking a week off next week, so there won't be an episode next week, but then we'll be back. Hopefully my voice will be fully back in action. It was a little wobbly, scratchy, froggy today. And hopefully in a week from now, it'll be back in action and we will be back with three new episodes. And until then, I hope you have a beautiful day wherever you are. Honor yourself, take care of yourself, and I will be talking to you all very, very soon. Bye, friends.